You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. I think I'm getting the black lung, Bob. Back on The Pipeline Show in time for a NCAA campus report as we got the playoffs in all six uh, conferences now. Uh, and, of course, that means it's a campus report segment brought to you by College Hockey, Inc. If you are a player or you have a player in your family and you're uh, looking to do or looking to do, uh, figure out what you need to do or what you can't do uh, in terms of uh, maintaining your NCAA eligibility, uh, College Hockey, Inc., a great resource for that. You can get in contact with uh, Mike Snee or Nate Ewell, and they will uh, steer you in the right direction and answer any of the questions that you might have. Uh, my guest today is coming to us uh, from USCHO, uh, US College Hockey Online, and uh, uh, my guest is Nate Owen, covers the ECAC, and that's the conference we're going to look at uh, this week. Uh, Nate, welcome back to the show. How are you? All right. Oh, good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, pleasure to get a chance to speak with you uh, once again in an exciting time of year uh, as uh, playoffs uh, at all levels of hockey pretty much uh, underway now, except Major Junior in the NHL and uh, I guess the American Hockey League. But uh, for us uh, in this segment, we're looking at the ECAC. We're down to eight teams as the quarterfinals get set this weekend. Uh, and some pretty good matchups uh, that we should expect here this weekend and then getting into the semis next weekend, the final as well. Uh, you're going to be, where'd you say you're going to be? You're at Quinnipiac? Yeah, I'll be at uh, Quinnipiac Yale this weekend. That's the closest to where I am. They're taking on uh, Yale, the uh, Bobcats, the number three ranked team uh, left. Now, how do you uh, assess this matchup? I think it's a matchup that, to be honest, if you had asked me back in December, I didn't think it would be taking place. Um, <clears throat> you had Yale really get after a rough start out of the gate. I mean, they were, I don't remember the exact numbers, but they were giving up close to four goals a game. Maybe averaging one goal a game, and they've they've since turned around a little bit. Um, they've been playing playing pretty well over the second half. Um, they have a couple guys up front. Curtis Hall, he's a Boston Bruins draft pick. He's a pretty dynamic player. Um, he plays in a lot of different situations, as well as a guy, um, Justin Pearson, who's also emerged this year as another um, scoring threat. Uh, I played that too. They got off to kind of a rough start. Um, they lost a lot of players from uh, last year's team. It's very competitive. And I believe they have, of the, all the NCAA teams, they have the most under, underclassmen on their roster. So they've kind of had a lot of ups and downs throughout the season, even within some games. But they've been playing um, really well the last second half of the season, and they've vaulted all the way up to, uh, to get a first round bye in the league, which, again, was something I, I would not have expected back in December. Um, and a big reason for that turnaround has been uh, Keith Petrozelli in goal. He's a junior. He was a Detroit draft pick. Uh, he came in as a true 18-year-old freshman, uh, I believe. And it takes him a little while to establish himself, but now um, in his 30s, he's kind of showing that promise and has really played very well down the stretch, and that's a, a big reason for their for their turnaround the yeah. second half of the year. Petrozelli, a monster in that, too, six foot five uh, goaltender. And so got that classic height that uh, a lot of NHL teams are looking for. And there are three other players uh, with Quinnipiac uh, drafted, including uh, Skylar Brindamore, who is uh, an Oiler pick. I'm here in Edmonton, so uh, a lot of uh, local fans would have an interest in him. I had uh, Peter DeLiberatore on the uh, show uh, earlier this year, right before the World Junior Championship, when he was uh, at camp uh, with Team Canada. These are, these are key guys for uh, the Bobcats if they're going to have success. Yeah, um, Brendan Moore, he's been playing more of like a third line. He's the third or fourth line center. Um, he's been playing more of like a kind of a bottom six role, but he, he's their top guy in a penalty kill unit, um, which is, you know, obviously important come playoffs. Um, so he's <clears throat> maybe not playing up the scoring numbers this year, but he's a pretty key part um, of their team. And uh, <clears throat> Dilo Vittori uh, is, you know, key guy in the power play. I believe he plays in a top defensive uh, unit as well, so he's, he's definitely an important 
important uh, player on the team. This is a team that lost a lot of uh, defensive from last year, including Chase Brisky, who was a uh, mm-hmm. Kobe Hattrick finalist. So having him uh, come back, he's really one of the only few um, veteran uh, returners. And another guy, too, um, Carlos Jusky, who's a uh, San Jose uh, draft pick. So really, those two guys are the only uh, veterans they brought back on defense after losing uh, a lot of players last offseason. Nate, do you see an upset at all in the uh, in this this round of uh, uh, the ECAC playoffs? It's a it's a best of three. Um, in the other three series, you got Princeton going up against Cornell, and the Big Red are the, the one of the top ranked teams in the entire country. Uh, Harvard is playing against RPI, who have been hot here as of late. That could actually be a a pretty interesting series. And Colgate uh, gets to play Clarkson. Do you see an upset, or do you see the home team winning all four series? Um, you know, I could see the only one I wouldn't see going to an upset would be Princeton Cornell. I know Princeton just went the road, road, excuse me, and knocked off Dartmouth as the uh, the eleven, taking down the six seed in the uh, the first round of the playoffs. But you know, Princeton is a team that's really struggled all year. They won two games last weekend, and they had won two conference games all season. So I wouldn't see any team taking down Cornell uh, in the league. I think it's their league to win, but especially Princeton, just given you know the struggles they've had this year. But as far as RPI Harvard goes. I mean, Harvard is a team that has a ton of talent, and they kind of slid the last weekend of the year. They slid into that, that fifth-place spot mm-hmm. and just missed the first round by. Um, so there's certainly a team that could could erupt and, you know, has a chance to score a bunch of goals. But RPI, too, also has a very good goaltender in that um, Owen Savory. In fact, I believe uh, over the second half of the year, he's had, I forget the exact number, but he's had probably a 950 in that range, shape percent. So he's an absolutely lights out. Um, and they have a senior defenseman in Will Riley, who is uh, Pittsburgh Penguins draft pick. He's been playing very well too. So I don't think RPI has the um, offensive firepower to match Harvard, but they certainly have um, very good defensive pieces. They're playing very well um, as a team right now. <clears throat> as far as the other ones, um, Clarkson Colgate, I think that would be kind of a low-scoring uh, series. Um, I'm just not sure if Colgate has enough offense to uh, to upset Clarkson. Uh, Clarkson's not really a high-scoring team either. But they play very well defensively, and they have, um, excuse me, they have the, uh, I believe, the top PK unit in the nation, and their power play is up there as well. Then the Quinnipiac, um, again, I think Keith Petrucelli might be a difference in that series. You know, I could certainly see that going to three games. Um, but uh, Yale has not beat Quinnipiac uh, this season, and I'm just not sure if they can they can pull it off, um, you know, in the playoffs here. Okay, I didn't mean to make you jump around. Let's go back to the Cornell and Princeton series for a second. And and you mentioned Cornell should run away with this series, and and it's really their conference to to lose. Why? What makes the Big Reds so tough this year, and who are some of the standouts on that club? Just for years, they kind of got pigeonholed. The Cornell that is that pigeonholed is this big, slow, you know, non-sized, not not much of a skating team. Um, They changed that the last couple of years, really going probably going back three or four years where they. They still keep that size, but they have a lot of guys who can skate um, as well. So they still have that physicality, um, and they're they're able to to skate as well. Um, one guy to keep eye on that on that team is uh, Morgan Baring. He's a uh, New York Rangers draft pick. Um, you know, his offensive numbers are very good. They're up there with some of the other guys in the league. But the thing about him is he plays in a ton of different situations, and uh, you know he's got a great shot, but he also does a lot of things in the PK um, and power play as well. Yeah, uh, Morgan Barron, Canadian from Nova Scotia. He was uh, the team's top player, and uh, their goaltender, also a Canadian, Matthew Goleida, who... Uh, all right, let's go to uh, the, the next series in that Harvard and, and RPI one. This one is, to me, it's interesting, and I, I think it could go three games. And you mentioned how RPI has come on here in the second half. 
and another guy that you didn't mention uh, from that team is Todd Burgess, who leads them in scoring now and just was shooting the lights out in, over the last month or so. Yeah, he's a guy, um, I believe he's an Ottawa draft pick. Um, yeah. You know, kind of didn't do too much uh, numbers-wise his first three years, but I believe he had a four-goal game, uh, not in the playoffs, but the last regular season uh, weekend. So he had yeah, finishing strong. And obviously, our guys are not a huge scoring team. But if you have that one guy who can kind of carry you through the playoffs and couple that with good goaltending, certainly that's a uh, pretty good uh, recipe for success here. All right, but if they're going to win this game, do you think they got to keep it low scoring? Uh, they don't want to get into a track meet with Harvard? Cause... Yeah, I don't think they can get into a track meet with Harvard. Um, just because you let those guys do that, you know, that's that's their style of game. Um, so if they kind of slow it down a little bit, and obviously with a good goaltender and good defense, it's gonna, that's conducive to play um, for that. And Harvard, they have a very good um, top defensive pair, top defensive pair, excuse me, and um, Riley Walsh and Jack Rathbone. Those guys do a lot of stuff in the power play as well in terms of moving the puck. But when you get to those kind of second, third pairings with some inexperience, I think Harvard's been kind of looking for that um, right combination all year to help uh, help settle those down. Now, Harvard's also got one of the top freshmen in, in Division One hockey this year, uh, Nick Abrazizi, with, uh, he's got 44 points. I think Alex Newhook and he are pretty much the, uh, one of them is going to win the, the freshman scoring race this year. Uh, and I know a lot of Toronto Maple Leaf fans are pretty excited about this guy. I think they got him as a, a mid-round steal. Uh, from what you've seen, uh, is he living up or exceeding expectations this year? Yeah, it's always tough. Um, you know, you can never put too much stock into what guys are going to do. You know, come to college hockey, I've seen guys who are hyped up and then don't do a ton of guys you don't hear about and, and they explode. So there's always so much hype you can buy into, I think. Um, but I think he's definitely lived up to his expectations, obviously. Um, you know, I don't think his guy is going to leave right away. I think he probably has a little more experience that he could um, he could gain at Harvard, but I'd kind of be surprised if this continues to be stays all four years. Okay. Um, but other two, other guys too. He's got Jack Jerry and Casey Dornbach on his line. Those are two very skilled players as well. Okay, and I want to ask about Jerry because he he also was having a a pretty strong offensive season, and uh, I believe Carolina, I think, uh, was the team that that drafted him. Could he? Do you think he's uh, back for another year or two, or do you think uh, he could be a guy that that leaves after this year? Um. Yeah, you know, I haven't really heard anything um, either way about him. I believe he's a junior. I have to double-check. Um, or sophomore, sophomore, excuse me. Sophomore, I have to double-check. Yeah, sophomore, sophomore, yep. Um, but I haven't heard anything about him. But, you know, sometimes you think these guys, um, you know, are going to stay and they, and they end up leaving. I look at, throughout uh, the playoffs, I look at Dartmouth and Drew O'Connor, who's a sophomore. He had a great year. And there's reports that the, uh, you know, Pittsburgh will be signing him. So sometimes there are guys that think, oh, you know, they, they're, they're going to be staying, and then, and then they disappear. So I guess it all depends on the uh, on the right situation and, and, you know, if it's good for them to go. Yeah, John Farinacci, another one to watch there uh, with Harvard. Uh, the uh, Clarkson and Colgate matchup, though, uh, do you expect that uh, – is, is this a sweep for Clarkson? I mean, that's that looks like a pretty strong team there again. Yeah, they're, they're a pretty strong team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by I think Colgate could maybe still a game. Um, they have a pair of good goaltendings, tender, excuse me, and, uh, Andrew Ferrier and, uh, Mitch Benson, ex- Benson, excuse me, actually, um, Ferrier kind of took over the second half of the year and was playing well and then went to a little, uh, Chelsea. And actually, Mitch Benson has played the last two weekends, including the playoffs, and he's played pretty well. So certainly, you know, if you get a hot goaltender, that makes, uh, you know, the ability to cover up mistakes and, and maybe some things that would get past you. It helps cover those up. But I would be very surprised, especially on the road, if, uh, Colgate is able to knock off Clarkson. All right. What is it about Clarkson that makes them so tough? Um, they just kind of like Cornell. They combine that. They have the size, but they also have a lot of skill as well. They just don't don't give up a lot of good opportunities, um, you know, scoring wise. And also, um, 
they have a great goaltender, uh, Frank. Frank Marat, yeah, another Marat, yeah, another Marat. Canadian, holy, another yeah, Canadian. So, um, I was uh, blanking on his last name for a sec, but he's going to be top five in every major category in the uh, NCAA because um, they had a very strong goaltender last year, Jake uh, Kylie, and then Frank Marat came in as a grad transfer from uh, Robert Morris, and has been you know just as great, if not better, um, this year, and that just you know. As I talked to Casey Jones, our coach, earlier in the year, he said, you have a great goaltender like that. That maybe lets you steal a game or two mm-hmm. throughout the year. What if you had a good goaltender that might result in a, in a loss? So he certainly has to you know, steal a couple of games where maybe they haven't been on their A-game um, all season. All right, uh, looking forward and past this weekend, uh, then you, you've already said it's, uh, Cornell is the favorite uh, to come out of uh, out of the conference uh, with the, uh, the automatic bid to the national championship. Um, who is the leading contender in your mind to – uh, if it's not Cornell, who would it be, and and how many teams do you think from the conference get into the national championship? I'd have to say if if someone's gonna knock off Cornell, I'd have to say it's Clarkson. You know, they haven't um they haven't beaten Cornell this year, and then, then again, few teams have. Um, but I just think they can match up with them um, as well as anyone in the conference. And I wouldn't put it past Quinnipiac either um, to uh, you know knock off Cornell with uh, Petrozelli and that they actually uh, beat Cornell five nothing at home. Hmm. Uh, sorry about a month ago. And RPI as well, uh, I believe. Uh, I apologize. RPI did not beat Cornell. Um, but I, I would definitely see Quinnipiac and maybe Clarkson. And right now, um, as the prayer-wise standing stand, obviously, um, that can change you know, down the road. But I believe right now only Clarkson and Cornell are, uh, are locked again. And Quinnipiac's right in the bubble. Yeah. So they certainly need to, to win this weekend and maybe even make it to the league championship game. Um and RPI, Harvard, and Colgate would, would need to uh, most likely win out if, if they want. They would not be uh, in position for an at-large bid to the tournament. Well, it sets up for an exciting weekend of hockey, that's for sure. Uh, Nate, I really appreciate your time. Everybody can read your stuff at USCHO, and you're, you're on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's at NateOwens41. Excellent. Uh, thanks for your time, Nate. Appreciate it. All right, you got it. Thank you. That was Nate Owen, a writer with uh, U.S. College Hockey Online, also known as USCHO, and a great look ahead to what would have been ahead to the uh, ECAC uh, tournament. Unfortunately, uh, that, with everything else, has been uh, at least delayed, probably scrapped. Uh, And you really got a feel for the seniors who, that's it. You know, you didn't even get to play your last game. You're just done. Um and I already saw, basketball-wise, some discussion about how maybe uh, they get seniors another year. I wonder how many uh, senior hockey players would take advantage of that uh, and uh, play another year. Not sure how that works out academically or not, but uh, got a feel for uh, guys who were in their final year of eligibility and uh, just had the season ended on them uh, rather than you don't get to play your last game and, and you know it's one thing to, to play and lose and not continue on, but to not even be able to play. Uh, it's got to be tough for those guys. All right, one more segment left to go in this week's uh, weird episode of the Pipeline Show. We're going to have a conversation with a, a scout named uh, Ben Wilkins. He uh, works for HockeyProspect.com. We do that throughout the year, chat with guys from HP, and uh, pick their brain on how they see players who are eligible for the 2020 draft. Well, Ben uh, sits about 20 feet away from me at uh, Rogers Place in downtown Edmonton during uh, WHL games. So we'll pick his brain about some guys out of the WHL's Eastern Conference, as well as a a trio of players from the Alberta Junior Hockey League. They're headed to college, but uh, notable right around the city here. So uh, Ben has seen everybody. We'll chat with him next here on the Pipeline Show. Suretsky, Mitchell, one-time shot, scores! 
Ian Mitchell, this kid's been red hot here on this road trip. He's got goals in back-to-back games, and he opens the scoring here. Hi, this is Ian Mitchell of the Grove Saints, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks, a lot, a whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time.